0: this might just be the last podcast we ever do
1: yeah i got some harsh criticism from a friend today and i was disheartened you know i'm thinking of quitting the podcasting thing borderline
0: just in tears
1: yeah i was just so sad and depressed yeah yeah a good friend of ours sent us some very solid criticism and uh, you don't see that commonly people don't provide any sort of value most people, some people, many people. I don't know what qualifier to use here. Mm-hmm. But my point is that when you share something with someone, they'll either say, oh yeah, good, or just some, it's an NPC comment, but it's very uh, uplifting and uh, you tend to value those friendships a lot more when someone actually pays attention and gives you better criticism than you could ever come up with yourself. So yeah. I mean, that's, in- that's invaluable. Yeah the criticism was was very
0: valid. And when you, when you get that kind of criticism, A, it tells you that the person actually listened to the content, and B, it tells you that they actually care enough about the growth of the content to provide something.
1: Provide, to, pr- to provide criticism, because yeah. nice guys, beta guys don't criticize anything, because criticism is a risky act. There's an inherent risk involved in criticism in the sense that, well, I don't think there is in our case because I think he understands that we operate yeah. on the same wavelength. But in in a general case, there is an element of risk in the sense that what if what I say will not be received pleasantly, or, or there'll be like an emotional response on the other end? Now, uh, this friend in particular knows how we are, and he would, I think, he understands that the criticism would be very gladly received. Yeah, and because so. when you're when you're creating the podcast, you. You're inside of it. So it's hard to see clearly. And when you get that outsider perspective, even when I get your perspective on my talking points or I give you perspective on yours, it's it's useful. So e- even the fact that we're doing it together is quite a bit of a, it's quite... It's it, like the <laughs> opposite
0: of an echo chamber. You know, there's, yeah. you're outside the chamber.
1: Yeah, no, I meant in the sense that it's much easier to do. Yeah. It's not true. as much of a burden, a creative burden. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, doing this kind of thing alone, that's like way harder i think yeah i think like doing... it's not it's not a 50% increase or or you know it's 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 an exponential difference yeah
1: by adding another party the benefit is not a 50% reduction it's not just a 50% reduction in workload well it's not only just a reduction in workload that's yeah. the first thing it's more than a 50% reduction in workload but it's also more than a 50% increase in productivity or creativity all the yeah. positive aspects of creation are Increased more than the physical uh, or the numerical value of the contributor, because
0: yeah. not only are you getting you know a different person, so that you're getting more ideas in general. Like you're getting a, a vessel of ideas, but you're also getting someone who interprets those ideas differently, or or the the content that they see. So like we, you could watch something and you'd have X Y Z as your talking points after you uh, you know ingest that content. But, if I watch it, maybe I'll have you know a third point that you didn't consider right exactly, so.
1: and then not to mention the the dynamic interplay between the two of us. Yeah. So there's the individual aspect, so individual idea generation, which is let's give that fifty percent and let's be very conservative and give the other person's individual idea generation also fifty percent, even though in that even though it's not necessarily true, yeah, no, I didn't mean it that way. you <laughs> took it you took it in a negative way, bro. <laughs> No, no, was I just... meant in the sense that if we limit it to 50, because maybe it's more. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? You're because saying expect...
0: like, it can be over 100%. Yeah.
1: yeah, because the other party can improve the quality of the show more than 50%. But yeah. then you can add to that the interplay between the two. Because yeah. when you're alone, you, you have nothing to bounce ideas off of. So one is different from two, but two is similar to three. The difference from two to three is not as much... As one, and that kind of, and this segues into a metaphysical divine element, which shows you the nature of uh, divinity being singular and how powerful that is. Because our inherent weaknesses, as being one, are inverted and reflected as strengths in the divine. So it's mm. it's very interesting because all our weaknesses stem from our oneness, whereas all the, the strengths. strengths of God. So it's yeah. it should definitely it's something to reflect on.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But the the earlier point what were we talking about?
0: No, I actually wanted to go back to what you just said um about when you have two people like even the reason why stand-up comedy generally is not as good as hanging out with your friends and cracking a joke is because the interplay between multiple people that r- rapport that the two people build up and the yeah. commonalities is what makes the humor more yeah, funny. And com- so
1: the comedy is nested and shared between a a group of individuals that have a shared background and common interests. Exactly. It's like there's a vessel carrying the humor. It's yeah. not just an isolated uh, comment being thrown into a mass crowd of disconnected individuals with no relationship. Yeah, I
0: mean, that. that's why usually stand-up comedy ends up being on like some societal thing that everyone is aware of. Like, yeah, it's, it,
1: they're outside jokes yeah. as opposed to inside jokes.
0: But you can you can get that also with the podcasts with this kind of format, because if you look at most YouTube channels or something, there's always like some kind of community around that. And usually like if you go on Joe Rogan or something, the comments, the comments is where you get the humor. That is like the Joe Rogan humor, you know, like there'll be this brand of humor. That's, by the people that listen to the podcast, have these all these inside jokes, and so. I
1: think the the digital substitute of shared conversation is YouTube that people, yeah, that people flock forums. to, kind of proves our point. It demonstrates that people do crave that that conversational kind of group, but because they don't have that, unfortunately, because for whatever reason, time constraints, uh, job constraints, location constraints, and just societal behaviors and norms in general, they have to flock to this digital. I mean. I don't want to bash this idea too much because our listeners are are in effect joining our conversation. Yeah. But I think there's there's a difference between Well, I think I d I wouldn't say that actually it's not inherently it, negative because we also consume information. Yeah, no, no, I was gonna
0: say I wouldn't say that everyone doesn't have conversations, but then I was like, No, wait, that's actually kinda
1: of true. Like a lot of that is like a big issue in the modern day is yeah, like people like, not having in terms everything. of generalization, I'm not saying that every single person out there yeah, but a lot of people. It's yeah. it's a common it's a, it's a modern pandemic, right? The yeah. isolation. I mean with COVID it's probably exacerbated. Yeah. I mean we didn't really care about COVID restrictions for the most part, but a lot of people took them religiously. Yeah. To the point of like not even meeting with close direct family members for a long time. Yeah, cuz just based on the few conversations that we've had with people, they've been talking about oh it's it's been so difficult during COVID and I've been, and we're like nothing really changed for us. Yeah. <laughs> just remote work, yeah. which is great.
0: No, I mean, there's definitely real issues that happen. Like, you know, people not being able to imagine if you had gotten married and your wife was just about to come right before COVID and that would have been so lame. So like that, that's a situation that some people have.
1: But that's that's a logistical yeah, scenario. No, it's not self-imposed.
0: I mean. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Okay, so oh. Yeah, I'm talking oh, about the you're people. You're talking who, about people that willingly will follow the mandates, yeah. even if their like family is
1: down the street. Down the street. With, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, like, we didn't that. stop. Yeah, yeah, we didn't really. I mean, it's a joke. It's extreme risk aversion couched in a desire for immorality and yeah. a lot of there's a lot of metaphysical elements in the whole behaviors and and rules. Uh, surrounding COVID. And yeah, we don't need to get into that. It's such a boring, it's a dead such a tedium. So yeah, back to the original point. So the whole advice and criticism and getting value from, yeah. So I was going to say like, when you're podcasting alone or even with a partner, there's decisions that you on the inside don't have clarity on. And when someone else provides a little bit of criticism, then you feel stronger in your position. You're like, you're your decision fatigue is kind of thrown out the window. Yeah. So here the decision fatigue was, should we focus on organic conversations or should we focus on Reddit thread conversations? And both of them were equally, I had preferences, but I wasn't able to make a decision with certainty.
0: Yeah, one was easier. <laughs> yeah,
1: mean, one was easier, but was it truly easier? I think natural conversations flow much easier for us.
0: I think I, there were definitely some days where we kind of just sat down and were like, we just
1: saw you last night. <laughs> what we, there's not much that has changed. Since but yesterday. but I think I was I was deliberately remaining silent, in the sense that I thought, oh, this content is not what our listeners want. Hmm. So I was abstaining from that kind of content and just focusing on typical like relationship topics.
0: Yeah, it's it, do we want to be just purely a relation? The thing is, the relationship discussions.
1: There's only so much. You can saturate them fairly quick.
0: Yeah, the, it's not that hard.
1: So. And the density of our conversations make it pretty. Swift. Yeah,
0: and so unless unless you take the relationship conversations and start turning it into like case studies, and that's where the Reddit came in, we're looking at these examples of people that have these issues and we're kind of breaking down. But outside of that, you know, it's not that difficult. There's kind of like, there's a few things that you need to do and that's it. Once we discuss those points, that topic is done. Yeah. So it's, do we want to continue being just a relationship podcast or is it just a us podcast? Yeah. You know?
1: And and the point I was going to make was from Art in Fear, the book, and it was talking about that. Don't worry about consistency in your creativity. The commonality in all your creative output is the fact that it was created by you. True. So this is something to remember because sometimes you're trying to make, oh, I need my design and everything to be consistent. And I don't want to change direction and go here. But the common thing that underpins all your work, your body of work is consistent by the fact that it was made by you. So
0: anything you make will be internally consistent. By definition,
1: because you made it. So it just, it frees you from that restraint. So we
0: can talk about whatever we want and it'll be beta maxed like- Because we are beta maxed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so thank you, friend. he knows mr mr p he knows who he is
0: uh, i lost the point that i was gonna make oh it, it was uh is related to bands like music a lot of bands will kind of make an album that's like completely different from what the fans typically expect from that yeah band. exactly and, and the then fans
1: then... will be like oh this doesn't match it's like it does because they made it yeah they're like this band isn't the same band they used to be no they are because they are the band <laughs> yeah or it's like this director his new movie isn't It's not a Nolan movie or whatever, right? It is a Nolan movie because Nolan made it.
0: Yeah, but there is the aspect. The thing is they want what those kind of people want is a snapshot of that individual when they made that movie. So like Nolan makes a movie in 2010 that everyone loves and they just want the 2010 Nolan to keep making movies exactly like the 2010 movies. Yeah, they're not
1: interested in the person. They're interested in a space-time slice of their person.
0: Yeah. It's like, you can just rewatch the movie. You know, if you really love that movie so much,
1: just rewatch it. Yeah. At, they're interested in a point in time, not yeah. the... Yeah,
0: yeah, they're basically re- removing one dimension, right? Just yeah. the time dimension.
1: Yeah, so they're simplifying their idea of what a person is to cater to their taste.
0: Yeah, you can kind of apply that to marriage too. Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. With the pre-compatibility and all this shit. Because your spouse
1: right? is n-dimensional and if you reduce them to even like a whatever however many questions and dimensions you have it's still it's still infinitely reductionist exactly because n dimensions of personality or whatever are never reducible to some kind of questionnaire that's why it's what's the word pointless another word for pointless a stronger word you're asking me bro yeah you gotta call mr p it's a fool's errand but another way of saying that oh i got it it's an exercise in futility
0: ah it's futile it's futile yeah
1: so yeah, yeah, it's an exercise in futility to try to reduce something infinitely complex to something simple. Yeah. It makes no sense. You should appreciate its complexity and just that that's the whole miracle of of humanity. It's that their infinite complexity and changeability over time makes everything workable. Exactly. And if you deny that, you're almost there's like a a metaphysical rejection in being too stringent in mate selection, in spouse selection. I mean, it all ties in. I don't want to take it too far, but I think there is an element of that because you're rejecting uh, one instance of a creation. And that's not to say that you cannot reject anyone, but I'm if everything else is fine, if if you feel good about it, if there's nothing completely unattractive about that person for you, then why do all this? Yeah. From the man's perspective. From the man's perspective, of yeah. course. Yeah, and also, well, first of all, you're... You're limiting yourself to one partner, right? So that's already...
0: Yeah. (laughs) You're assuming that this is You've
1: already limited the dimensions. Yeah. The instances to one. So you limit the instance to one, and then within the instance, you limit the dimensions to a finite number. So that's... It's not that great. Just
0: (laughs) placing limitations on everything.
1: Not a great scenario.
0: They want to place limitations on everything except their portion size.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. And you end up with... Uh,
0: not yeah. whales because oh. whales are amazing as oh. my wife my wife always mentions that whales are amazing
1: yeah it's kind of interesting how everything everything all roads lead to passive consumption as the destroyer
0: passively consuming reality instead of like it's not just about consuming in in terms of consuming stuff but it's also just about passively consuming your life as well
1: yeah, being a passive consumer of your own life. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, an active an active producer in the sense like producer direction, production. Yeah. Be an active producer of your life. That's what you that's what I should put, you know, on those Instagram bios like father or husband. They put the things that are like naturally occurring. Yeah, father like... or sis, husband, brother. Okay, so those aren't really like oh you achieved something it's like me if i if i put father of two daughters husband of one wife son (laughs) two daughters oh sorry (laughs) damn i was thinking of your daughter and my daughter
0: Uh, well technically yeah she is yeah
1: yeah and also just those those things so maybe you should just put active producer of my own life (laughs) that makes a lot more yeah a lot more yeah are we running out of ideas here? <laughs> instinctual. It's like Reddit, Reddit. Instinctual oh. generation of ideas is, yeah. is not you as gotta, easy. You got to just sit there. Thank you, sir. You <laughs> sit
0: there and wait for the the blood drops to... You can't have quality and quantity at the same time, right? While maintaining... One has to be sacrificed. You either sacrifice quality or you sacrifice quantity.
1: With regards to what? What are you talking about here?
0: Like conversation, after a certain point you do need you need the inspiration right conversation is like anything conversation is kind
1: of like art i think i think it's uh, it ties into another point in art and fear is that when you when you create something you develop a certain pattern and then that's what's rare finding a pattern that's reusable and then you have to iterate that multiple times and if you look at most artists they found a pattern that can that lends itself to variations and then they just vary on that pattern Yeah, But finding that initial pattern, he says that if you find a pattern that has the possibility of variation and you can generate those, then don't let go of that because that's a rare find. Mm. What a lot of people do is they think creativity is finding n number of those patterns. No, creativity is being lucky enough
0: to find a pattern, to
1: find one pattern that's replicatable. And then just having the discipline and, uh, intelligence to understand and appreciate that pattern and then put it to work because what a lot of people do they'll they'll come across many patterns or they'll come across a few patterns but they'll just discard them they're like oh this isn't worth pursuing and they've that's why they don't they, they might feel that they're not creative but they're just disposing of creative ideas without putting them to work
0: yeah the thing is you have to spend time with the pattern before you know if it's good or not
1: of course yeah you have to you have to create a few variations to test them yeah and many times the act of creating the variations solidifies the pattern itself so it's not like you you know the pattern prior to implementing its first instance you still have to it's almost like the instances generate the pattern template or they work hand in hand there's a it's like the vision ahead of execution so you have a vision of the pattern but then you execute and then it gets closer to the pattern right to the vision I think it's similar to our podcast. Like before we started, I had this grand vision in mind. And then when you do the first episode, you're just put back into your place. You're like, oh, this is not what I thought it would be. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You're expecting like crazy levels. Well,
0: first of all, that first, first episode.
1: Oh, those first ones that we never put out.
0: Yeah, the webcam days. (laughs) Yeah, those were... You know what's funny is we actually started with the reaction stuff. That was the first thing we did. And then when we went to audio only, we... Sat down and would just talk to each other. Yeah, and then we started doing reactions again.
1: No, and I like the separation of reactions for the women episodes. Yeah, and uh, general natural conversations for our episodes because it's hard to have with women. You need an external talking point. They need a personalized example. Yeah, so that's what Reddit facilitates. Is it gives you a story. I mean,
0: and we can also abstract. yeah, end up talking about the meta discussion. Yeah, the abstract from, from the previous uh, from the woman's discussion. That's you know? true too. You know, while I do agree that it's good to have organic conversations that come up, organic conversations are just a function of what you've consumed or what you've what's happened to you in the past x amount of time since the previous conversation yeah, with that individual, yeah. and then they're the ideas that pop up from that organic consumption of life. Essentially what we try to do, what we were trying to do, because we were just constantly seeing each other every day and sitting down and talking, it's like, wait, nothing's happened since then. Okay, let's pull up some video or some We were trying to short
1: circuit that process. Exactly, by
0: by pulling up content to react in real time, we were like, let's just pump
1: out as much content as we can. Because I think the contention was not with the discussion. It's with the literal reading of the Reddit and then just uh, meandering. So if we were to read, if both of us were to read a Reddit post earlier in the day and then just okay. ruminate on it and then have our natural ideas without referencing it verbatim, yeah, that would be, which is what we were doing in all the other podcasts, which is what your point was, yeah. that there were prior ideas. But it's just the literal opening up the saying, saying we're on this subreddit and then reading a text post and then going through yeah, the comments. I think
0: we I think that should be eliminated overall. We, I
1: agree. I agree. Because I, I, it's a it's a consumptive act. Yeah. And it doesn't it's not engaging. It's not captivating. Yeah. You're yeah. censoring your own ideas. And yeah, you're becoming a consumer while trying to produce, which doesn't really make sense.
0: No, I mean I'm not saying that it should be avoided to read the thread and and then talk about it yeah, yeah. but I I'm agree. saying that it should be avoided to put it into a podcast like the whole reading of the thread yeah exactly I guess we need we'd need someone to like let us know if they actually prefer it that way I don't know what would you prefer
1: no I prefer not having the reddit threads in our podcast at yeah. all yeah and I wouldn't want necessarily I wouldn't care if even if a large percentage of our demographic agreed with that, I still wouldn't care because most look at the most of the content that's consumed. You can't go by demographic. Yeah, exactly. You can't let the demographic shape your ideas. Shape
0: yeah. The content has to be controlled by us, not by the demographic. Exactly.
1: You shape the demographic. Exactly. But that's of course there's key players within your demographic that will give you very good constructive criticism. And from them, you will take it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not there's quality within your demographic too. You can't it's a not it's not a numbers game. It's not a quantity game. If eighty percent of the demographic wants Reddit videos, but if twenty percent of them want genuine conversations, I'll have to see who are these twenty percent. Yeah, and what's who are? It's they? a
0: numbers game and a quality game. In the sense that, in order to get those quality people, you need high numbers.
1: Yeah, I need a high number of quality. I need yeah. a subset of my demographic that's the quality people, and within those quality people, I need to know what the majority opinion is. Yeah, it's how democracy should work. Democracy is like power to right. everyone, equal power to everyone. But, but
0: in but you need someone who's going to determine who's a quality person.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why you need a caliphate. It's what you need. Sharia coming to the coming to the West, brought <laughs> Sh- to you Sharia by Sharia law. Sharia law brought to you by Betamax. <laughs> yeah. So your wife mentioned uh, that she watched The Vampire Diaries, and I was thinking should I keep that in or not keep that in? And I thought from a real human perspective, yeah, you
0: should keep it in. Yeah.
1: definitely yeah but also it shows you that your wife isn't this like amazing obedient subservient uh village girl or something that this yeah. idea that these red pill people I mean, have no she's just, she's some... just your normal uh, basically western girl yeah there's not much difference you shaped her into that so this this belief this myth needs to be shattered to the core so I'm gonna put that and <laughs> leave that in there yes she watched vampire Diaries and all that Gossip crap girl but, all this, yeah all the your wife shows. watched way, even my wife watched a yeah. bunch of this shit yeah, no, I mean. So there's no excuses for all you you incels out there who are like, oh, these feminist women. Da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think they're talking like, you know, girls uh, that are like. On Instagram and stripping or whatever.
1: Like that's yeah, but, there. but the point is that the underlying philosophy... Right, yeah.
0: The point is that she was a product of her culture just as much as any woman here. Is. Exactly. I actually mentioned this exact point. How to far point. the
1: culture takes you yeah. is not the point here. We're saying that...
0: No, I was going to say unmarried women are a reflection of the culture that they live in and married women are a reflection of the man that they're married
1: to. So... Women, it's like some, some of the uh, aphorisms are good. Yeah. Like women take the shape of the container they're poured into. But the thing is, they make those aphorisms, but then they fail to apply them.
0: Yeah, it's like, why don't you become a different container than Roe? Yeah,
1: <laughs> to a lot of the Red Pill stuff is useful in the sense that it gives labels to concepts that you've already yeah. thought of. So I guess it's kind of like psychology. When you read psychology, you're like, oh yeah, I thought of that when I was twelve. Now now I know the name for it. Thank you. Like cognitive dissonance. You know. Yeah. You know. You know that concept, and I would assume that most people understand that concept, or maybe they don't. Who knows. But then the, the labeling is useful because now you can refer to it because in every conversation prior, you'd have to say, oh, you know, there's this thing and then define it. But now you can say, okay, that's the whole point of labels, they're shortcuts. Yeah. So the value of an abbreviation is not in its conceptual discovery. For me, the value of an abbreviation is in its conversational brevity. Yeah. So to me, most subjects, when I, when I read about them, the benefit I get is not conceptual discovery it's conversational brevity. It's like, oh, now I can refer to this. So before the concept of one-itis was something I knew conceptually, but I would talk about it in different, oh, you know, those guys who just fall in love with this one girl and they're anti-polygamy and all that stuff. But now I can say, oh, you know, those one-itis guys, you know, those betas, you know, those simps. So I have a verbiage for these concepts that shorten my conversation, but they don't necessarily, it doesn't mean that I didn't know about this term. So this is also an assumption of red pill that everyone no one knows about these terms the awakening. Well there, there was for no some, awakening. for
0: some of them it is
1: right? yeah That's but still. but they assume that it's for everyone right right as if red pill is a universal awakening that applies to everyone. This is something that I've been meaning to talk about. it sounds it sounds a bit arrogant. So you knew all these subjects, but I genuinely and I think you do too when you read a lot of subjects,
0: yeah, I mean, there's certain things...
1: N- not technical things. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I just read the book on C programming and I knew everything. No, that's man-made.
0: That's what people conflate, though. They'll yeah. think, oh, then how...
1: I'm referring to intuitively accessible domains.
0: Exactly. Human, there's, Humanly. There's a set of things that you can intuitively figure out.
1: Predominantly the social sciences. Yeah. Because even biological realities, like, you, there's no way you're going to know the cell structure. Right? You might... I mean, you might have a general idea by I mean, observing it. It. observing yeah. nature and larger yeah. patterns, but you're not going to know the, the very specific chemical details. Yeah. But when it comes to social sciences, the humanities, psychology, sociology, these are open fields. These are not some technical, internal, hidden sciences that need to be experimented on. These are just observable.
0: I mean, it all comes down to a denial of divine, right? Because if you think that humans are just brains that don't have a soul underneath him that has this pre-existing knowledge, you know, imbued in it before being inserted into the body, for lack of a better word, then you'll think, oh, how can you possibly know about these? How can you possibly understand your behaviors, understand why you do certain things or understand why women would do certain things intuitively? Yeah. Because intuition
1: is a function of the, soul yeah there's a metaphysical layer of intuition
0: yeah so denying intuition i mean i think we kind of touched on
1: this earlier but yeah we did it's a function of atheists so to our one and only critic out there how did you like this episode